Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Joe of Word of Prayer Cultural Center in Largo, Maryland. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. It is my prayer that you are both blessed and enriched by what you hear. Feel free to share with friends and family, and also feel free to follow us on our social media outlets, Facebook and Instagram. Our social media handle is at Wopsy, W-O-P-C-C. Visit us online at wopsy.church. God bless and happy listening. Um, indeed, we are graced for the assignment. Um, that is the series that we are on. Today is part four. And in that, the batteries are included. All right. In God, the batteries are included. Now, part three, I'm pleased to report that people got set free off of part three. Um, amen. I'm pleased to report that testimonies came rolling in throughout the week um, that are associated with and attributed to part three. Um, and I was looking, I think historically part three uh, is, is always the one. <laughs> but we bless God because we believe that today there is something in part four for us. Does anybody believe that God has something for you in part four? <laughs> Amen. Um, there is a kingdom assignment and there is uh, grace and grace is your battery pack. We have established that. We have established our uh, theme text found in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse number one and verses 11 through 12, which says, I Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. 11 says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Verse 12 lets us know why it's for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry and so what he's given you he has graced you for uh, that's something that we established earlier on and it reigns true throughout the remainder of this series and the remainder of your natural born life that what he has given you he has graced you for never do we have to question God when he's given us something do we have what it takes uh, to carry that thing out. What he's given you, he's graced you for. Somebody say, what he's given me, he's graced me for. Amen. Indeed, he's graced you for your assignment, and grace is your battery pack. In part one, we laid the foundation. In part two, uh, the focus was centered around the idea, uh, the revelation, and the fact that grace causes you to be able to do more with less, okay? Grace causes you to be able to do more with less. Somebody say, God wants to do more with my less. And so centered around this theme, this idea, this truth is our decision, you and I, you who's watching, you and me, to no longer be fearful of what we feel God is calling us to, 
because of inadequacies, including our thinking that we either don't have enough or we aren't enough. We are making a decision, a decision now. When you make a decision, that means that even if your feelings don't line up at the time, you still have decided. We are making a decision to rest in the proven fact that the one who sent us is more than enough. I am going to constantly remind you that he has already taken into consideration your faults and my faults. I'm going to constantly remind you that he has already taken inventory of the things that we really aren't too keen about concerning ourselves. He knows already what it is that we have. He knows already what it is that we don't have. He knows already who it is that we are, and he knows already who it is that we are not. And he considered all of that when he gave you an assignment and when he called you. And that is something that you must hold on to in order to remind yourself that you are indeed graced for this. Yeah? In so remembering that nothing shall be wasted. Y'all remember that one? That nothing, not a thing, no thing shall be wasted. God wants to use all of me. Can you imagine that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the parts of me that aren't good, just simply put. God wants to even mix that in. Come on now. God wants to use all of you, even your past, your, your, your boo-boos, your, your oops moments. God says, remember, I'm in the business. This is what I do. I, I, I turn a beauty uh, from, from ashes, and, 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 and I, I turn a mourning into dancing, and I, I turn sorrow into joy and weeping it only endures for a night but but joy comes in the morning and so the good news is that your time of weeping for whatever reason in no way disqualifies you for your time of the joy that he has set before you yeah even you even you who cried yourself to sleep last night even you who's battling with the spirit of depression, even you who sees no end to this season of darkness, even you, somebody say even me, even you qualify for the joy that's set before you. Isn't God good? If you receive that, come on and just give him a moment of praise. Yeah, God, we thank you. Yes, sir, this, this, this is a series that has been and will uh, be one who frees people, one that frees people. This is an emancipating type of series. This is a chain-breaking series. This is the one. Somebody say, this is the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say on mothers, but I don't think that's appropriate, not at least today, maybe next Sunday. <laughs> Had to make sure y'all woke. And so we have, throughout the course of this series, uh, been encouraged that God seems to do this thing that we've been talking about, right? It seems that God specializes in connecting with what, y'all? Amen. Yes, indeed. In connecting with the weakest link. If you sometimes 
feel like the weakest link and that nobody wants to connect with you, guess what? That still does not disqualify you from the fact that God wants to connect with you. No matter who you are, no matter what situation you find yourself in, his blood and his love, it reaches to the highest mountain if you're up there right now. And it flows to the lowest valley if you happen to be down there right now. That means in your lowest, darkest place, and even in your highest, brightest place, it doesn't matter. Mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. <laughs> and grace has got your back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Somebody say, I am qualified. I am graced for my assignment. My batteries are included. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Grace can cause you to be able to do more with less. So moving right along, last week we embarked on a journey of discovery, one in which uh, we took a look at a particular Bible story that clearly illustrates to us that grace can cause you to do more with less. Truth be told, we didn't get very far with the Bible story because H.S. had his way and he had something to say and we're glad about it. So we essentially read a few verses um, and, and then it was what I call Reynolds rap. Amen. But, but some of us are uh, familiar, maybe familiar with this story of Gideon. I was looking back at the commentary and some of you were in the spirit saying that you were studying Gideon just last week. And so, uh, shout out to you for being in the spirit. Um, but some of us, we're, we're going to be hip after today. Amen. Um, but one thing for sure and two things for certain, we all know, we all know the history leading up to Gideon, if you were with us last week, we indeed got a history lesson. Um, and I implore you, if you haven't watched last week, you need to, um, because you need to get caught up with that history, um, especially because I don't have time to go into it today. We're jumping straight into Judges chapter 6. So let's go there. Uh, Judges, the sixth chapter. Um, I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, and we'll first lift up verses 1 through 4. That is Judges 6, 1 through 4. I'm going to give you a moment to get there. Amen. You aren't in a rush, are you? I don't think there are any restaurants taking Mother's Day reservations. Y'all should be good today. <laughs> Judges 6, verses 1 through 4 in the NLT. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. And we all know who the Israelites are. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for how long? Seven years. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, mortars from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, 
cattle, and donkeys. Okay? Pause, pause, pause. Couple of flashback points that we don't want to miss. We had a witty moment. What if I told you that sometimes it's not that the enemy is messing with us, but it's that we are messing with the enemy. And so uh, we want to make sure that you're not being uh, inquisitive in how it works on the other side or in another system other than kingdom, and that's what gets you messed up. We want to make sure that we are not experiencing the effects of knocking God off of the throne of our heart and replacing him with Baal. Y'all remember him? B-A-A-L. If you don't know him, you need to watch part three. Who is Baal? The idol uh, who the people in Canaan have grown accustomed to worshiping, and sadly, even God's people, Israel, is trying to jump on board and worship Baal. Um, there are some Baals that even today are trying to rise up in our country, uh, in our culture, uh, in our homes, and even in our hearts. And so we have to be careful not to get messed up out here, thinking that Baal is going to lead us to some type of blessing. The blessing of Abraham is on your life, and that flows only in, by, and through a covenant made from heaven. Amen? It flows from a result of a resource of the source. It flows from a relationship that says, because of Jesus blood. I am adopted into the family of God and everything that God promised to Abraham's seed. Remember? Again, watch part three if you're not hip. And everything that God spoke over Abraham's family and lineage, it applies to me. There's no blessing in Baal. Yeah, there's no blessing in Baal. Uh, remember, his favor may it be upon you. For a thousand generations, your family, your children, their children, their children, the blessing of Abraham is on your life. And therefore, by faith, you are the righteousness of God. And so we don't even want to find ourselves in a position where we have veered off from kingdom. And now we find ourselves having to deal with an enemy that we were never meant to deal with. Amen. Verse 6 through 10, so Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. When they cried out to the Lord because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. He said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from Egyptians and from all who oppressed you. I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. I told you, I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live, but you have not listened to me. Okay? Uh, verse 11 uh, and 12 says, Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, no Winfrey, amen, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abizar. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat, he was working, y'all, at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Somebody say mighty hero. 
Look at somebody in your house and say, mighty hero. Look, look, point to yourself and say, mighty hero, mighty hero. Listen, so, so I'm not going to get into how in scripture and in life today, we see that people whom God calls are often found working. I'm not going to talk about how even Jesus had to go from his craft to his calling. Amen. I'm not going to get into all of that today. Uh, you just got to get into it from last week. But what I will talk about is verse number 12. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Mighty hero, if, if, if God releasing grace for the assignment was something that you needed to see, it's right here in verse 12. The angel of the Lord comes to Gideon, and the onset of the message is that of encouragement to let him know that he is graced for the assignment. In, in other words, God is saying, Gideon, remember, I'm about to hand you something. I'm about to give something into your hands, but I want to let you know that just as I'm giving it to you, I am giving you what you need to operate it. The batteries are included. Mighty hero. Somebody say mighty hero. God is doing what here? God, he's setting the stage. The angel of the Lord called Gideon uh, from uh, the onset, mighty hero. And so the question was posed last week, are you going by what God has called you? Check this out. Are you going by what he said or are you going by what you have? Hmm? Yeah, think about that thing. When it comes to the assignment, when it comes to something that God has called you to, are you living according to what he said or are you living according to to what it is that you have. He is a man of his word. If he said it, he shall do it. And his word is greater than your worry. Amen? And what comes from his lips is greater than my laundry list of why I can't do what he said I can do. And when he shares his heart, it has more value and even more truth than what I have in my hand. Come on, somebody. God called Abraham the father of nations at a time when he and his wife were old and barren. I told you earlier in the series that all you need is a word from God. When you have a word from God, you can be barren and still be fruitful. When you have a word from God, you can be poor and still be rich. When you have a word from God, you can be struggling in a certain type of sin and still be classified as righteous. Come on, all you need is a word from God because remember, God's word lets you know. It indicates, it's indicative of the plan that he has. It's indicative of the promised result, the end that he has for you. He's not calling you by your past. He's not even calling you by your present. He's calling you by your future and somebody ought to give him praise for that yeah 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 and and I can take it a step further and say that when God gives you a word and when he calls you by name you can even begin to expect for it to be the opposite of what you can account for yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, somebody needed to hear that. Yeah, I'm going to say that again. I'm taking it a step further to say not only can God do the opposite, but when he calls you to a thing, when he gives you a word, and when he calls you by name, you can even begin to expect 
for it to be the opposite of what you can account for. Yeah, God, but I stutter. Yeah, God, but I, you know, listen, God, he has a history of using the weakest link. Why? Because his strength is made perfect in your weakness. Amen? Amen. So get over yourself. Get over what's in your quiver. Get over questioning what God said because of what you see. If he said it, I believe it because he's a man of his word. I, I, I might have sight, but God has insight concerning me. I, I can't see it, but God, you said it, and I believe it. Because remember, the enemy, the enemy would love for you to identify with what you're going through. But remember, you got to tell them you can't label me as my journey because God calls me by my destination. Amen? Amen. Are you going by what God has called you? I'm not going to get into how oftentimes the creator of a thing is the only one who can give you insight on what that thing really is. Um, I'm not going to get into the fact that if an onlooker comes at any point of the process, then they can easily mislabel. They can easily misunderstand, misinterpret, misjudge, and misreport, and be misinformed on what's happening. I'm not going to get into the cake analogy and how people will come in and make assessments based on the point of the process that they are privy to and, and how they have come in and have placed judgment on my creation based only upon a glimpse of my journey. I'm not getting into any of that today. I'm not going to get into how... If they inquired of the creator, they would have found out that I'm baking a what, y'all? I'm baking a cake. <laughs> and that I just needed the eggs. And I, I needed the oil that you saw. And I needed the milk that you happened to see. Uh, because those just so happened to be a few of my ingredients, a few steps in my process. I'm not going to get into how if they asked me, uh, they wouldn't have heard anything about eggs or oil, nor would they have heard anything about milk. If they asked me what I was doing, they would have gotten one singular response. And that is, I'm making a cake. Why? Because the creator always calls his creation according to his destiny and not its deficiency or even its journey. A painter, what are you working on? I'm working on a painting. I'm not working on a brush. I'm not working on, you know, I'm, I'm working on a masterpiece. You don't judge a book by its cover. You don't judge a thing by its journey. and You don't name a cake based off of ingredients. And so I'm not going to remind you that you are not vanilla extract. You are a cake. I'm not going to remind you that uh, I'm not buttermilk. I'm a whole cake. I'm, I, you are, are, are not all-purpose flour. Remember, you are a cake. I'm not going to tell you about how some people will come into your life and try to call you icing, remember, because that's all they want from you anyway is what's on that surface and what they think is sweet uh, about you or palatable about you. But I, I'm not icing even. I'm a cake. I might not be your favorite kind of cake, but I am a cake. <laughs> and not, uh, I'm not going to remind you about how you need to start seeing yourself as the cake that God is baking in this season, the whole cake. And not as certain ingredients that people will try to highlight concerning the makings of you and, and what you look like on your journey to being what God has always intended for you to be. How many of you know that if you taste some of the ingredients, it will be nasty? Yeah. 
Oh, but hold on. What once was considered nasty. <laughs> if you just wait a little while and let the creator finish. <laughs> if you just wait a little while and withstand a little more heat. If, if you just wait a little while. What once was considered as disgusting can now be seen and experienced as delightful. If you just wait a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm not going to remind you that it all works together for good to them that love the Lord, to them who are called according to his purpose. He said, just wait till I finish uh, mixing you. Just wait till I finish stirring you. Uh, listen, just wait until you finish baking. I'm not going to remind you of any of that because <laughs> I don't have time to. Verse 13. Verse 13, sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. 14, then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have. <laughs> Yeah. Go. That's a word for somebody. Somebody needs to underline that in their notes. Go with the strength you have. You may not have a lot of strength, but you're still alive. So you got something. Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. And that is a loaded statement. Yeah. 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 Your success on your journey is all about who's sending you. Yeah, a lot of us, we've been smacked in the face with failure because we haven't been sent by the Father. Come on now. Listen, listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your experience on your journey, whether you see victory or not, not, not the absence of struggle, but I'm talking the presence of victory is all about who sent you. So when God says, use the strength you have, go with the strength you have, and he says, I uh, 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 am sending you, that's all I need to know. That means that I am endorsed by God. That means that God is literally perfecting everything concerning me. That means that even if I take nothing for the journey, he's giving me everything that I need for the journey. And I might not have it starting out, but as I go, even if I'm going without knowing, I will look up and see provision. I will look up and see everything I need along the way. All I have needed, the Lord has provided. That's somebody's testimony. And God wants for that to be your testimony on the way to what he's calling you to. I I am sending you. Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but Lord, verse 15, but Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the what? Weakest. Uh-oh, we heard about that. That means it's about to be on and popping. You trying to say, Gideon, that your clan is the weakest? That means God, God is about to come in with his strength. Amen. My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh. He said, and I am the least in my entire family. Uh-oh, God is up to something. I'm excited when I see stuff like that. Six, 16 says, the Lord said to him, I will be with you. Once again, all, all we need to know. And you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Hallelujah. 
Talk that talk, God. Yes, indeed. 17, Gideon replied, if you are truly going to help me, here go Gideon, show me a sign. And if anybody knows this story, this was the first sign request of many. You know, some of us love a good sign request, knowing good and well that God said what he said. But Lord, if you can just, you know, confirm that thing between now and Wednesday. You know, just, you know, let something happen. Let me, you know, let somebody call. Let, just conf- show me a sign. All right, God says, okay. Uh, Gideon says, if you're truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that it's really the Lord speaking to me. Don't go away until I come back and bring my offering to you. He answered, I will stay here until you return. I love God's patience. 19, Gideon hurried home. He cooked a young goat. It might have been curry. Come on now. And with a basket of flour, he baked some bread without yeast. Then he was on a, a you know, low-calorie thing. Then uh, carrying the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot, uh, he brought them out and presented them to the angel who was under the great tree. Uh, verse 20 says, the angel of God said to him, place the meat and the unleavened bread on this rock and poured the broth over it, and Gideon did as he was told. Amen. I love Gideon's obedience, even in this uncomfortable place. And can we talk about that for a moment? Oftentimes, you know, we, we, we hear God, we try to, you know, get this, this confirmation and everything. We're uncomfortable. We feel unqualified and some more. But I love that even in the midst of that, Gideon chose to be obedient. It says Gideon did as he was told. Verse 21, then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and bread with the tip uh, of the staff in his hand and fire flamed up from the rock and consumed all he had brought. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. Uh Uh-huh. 22, when Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he cried out, oh, sovereign Lord, I'm doomed. Hold on, Gideon, what you talking about? (laughs) I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. It is all right. It is all right, the Lord replied. Do not be afraid. You will not die. And Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and named it Yahweh Shalom, hallelujah, which means the Lord is peace. The altar remains in Ophrah in the land of the clan of Abizer to this day. 25, that night, uh, the Lord said to Gideon, take the second bull, from your father's herd, the one that is seven years old. Once again, that's instruction. Some of us would have been, all right, God, now hold on. What about the eight-year-old? I think that would be better, you know, the, the, the third one. No, God said take the second bull from your father's herd, the one that is seven years old. Pull down your father's, uh-oh, uh-oh, we, we, we getting serious now. God told him, pull down your father's altar to Baal. Uh-oh. And cut down the Asherah pole standing beside it. Uh-oh. God. God says, listen, tear down uh, th- that idol altar. 26 says, 
Oh, God, that just blessed me. Before I can do anything, before I can move, before I can demonstrate my power here, I need you, first things first, tear down the thing that's taking my place. Come on, somebody. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Tear down of the altar to, to Baal and, and cut down that Asherah pole standing beside it because I'm God Almighty and I don't share space. I am a jealous God and I'm not going to squeeze next to some idol that you have here. Listen, strip, strip the altar. Strip the altar. That's a word. Some of us need to strip the altar of our hearts. 26, though, says, then, and once you strip that thing, that, 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 that idol, once you strip it away, then I need you to build an altar to the Lord your God right here on this hilltop sanctuary, laying the stones carefully. Take time with this. This is my altar. I don't care how you threw up the oh, This is Take time with this thing. Lay the stones carefully. Sacrifice the bull, the bull that I required, the bull that I requested as a burnt offering uh, on the altar using as fuel, come on, the wood of a, the Asherah pole that you just cut down, that you would have just cut down, right? Oh, that blessed me some kind of good. Listen, let me give you a quick little note because we talked about Baal, but we haven't talked about Asherah. Asherah is a mother goddess, the goddess of motherhood and fertility that they were worshiping. Happy Mother's Day. Um, but listen, what, what, what I wanted to point out was this. I wanted to point out that God will use the same material. <laughs> yes, Lord, this thing got good to me when I read it. And when I studied this text, I see here that God didn't tell him to go and get anything. What he already had, I'll make do of. I'll use the same material, even the material that you use to build an idol in your life. I will use that same material to make a burnt offering unto the Lord your God. I'm here to tell you once again that all you have is all you need. You don't need more of this and you don't need to go and fetch any more of that. God says use as fuel the same wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down. God says, I want to use all of you. God says, no, 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 no. Don't throw away that old thing because I want to use it as a testimony in this new thing. I want somebody to be able to identify how I turned that thing around and how I shifted it and how I molded it into something else. Don't throw away your material. I don't care what your material was used for. Some people... They come into kingdom and they try to throw away all the material that they were using out in the world that they were using for the enemy. God says, no, 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 no. It, it wasn't the material. It's what you were using it for. It's how you were using it. I want you to take that same zeal. I want you to take that same business sense. I want you to take that same personality and that way with words. I want you to take the same material. Because I want to use it. I want to use all of it. I want to use all of you. God says, that's my wood. 
yeah, you were just using it, you know, for that 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 Asherah pole. But that's my wood. Yeah, 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 yeah. That 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 thing that you were using uh, to manipulate people. Yeah, don't don't throw that away because that's something that I gave. That's your temperament. I just need you to switch it to bringing people into kingdom and to evangelize and let people know who I am. I, I don't throw it away. I gave it to you. You just were using it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't throw it away. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I gave it to you. You just were using it wrong. No, no, no. I can use that. <laughs> yeah, that's what God is saying. No, no, no. I can use that. No, no. Please don't throw that away. I can use even. I can use that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't you dare. I can use that for my glory. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, somebody received that thing in here. Somebody received that thing in here. Even that, woo, God says, I want to use that for my glory. My God. Somebody say, God will use the same material. Yeah, nothing wasted. Nothing wasted. God will use the same material to provide the fire. So that you can provide the sacrifice. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Yeah, God. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. That's good news for somebody because you thought you had to erase everything. You thought, you know, you had to delete everything. You thought you had to, you know, no, 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 no. God says, I want to use that too. Yeah, that's a part of the miracle. That's a part of the miraculous. That's how people are going to know it's me. I know that wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I know that pole. I, 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 I know that. But I've never seen it used like this. Yeah. 27, 27. So Gideon took 10 of his servants and did as the Lord had commanded. Come on, Gideon. Keep it up with this obedience thing. But he did it at night because he was afraid of the other members of his father's household and the people of the town. So Gideon still was scared, but he was obedient. Amen. Early on the next morning, as the people of the town began to stir, someone discovered that the altar of Baal had been broken down. Uh-oh. And that the Asherah pole beside it had been cut down. Don't they get mad when you cut down the idols? Mm-hmm. Uh, in their place, a new altar had been built, and on it were the remains of the bull um, that had been sacrificed. Wow. Um, I want you to make sure, I'm going to pause here, I want you to make sure that in your stripping of idols, I want you to be very careful that once you strip and once you remove, that you replace, that you replace with uh, what God uh, will get glory out of, because if you just strip and if you just move, then you have to know that literally, you have to know that literally you're leaving room for anything to take its place if it's not God that you put there. So we don't want to give anything the option, you know, or the notion that it has the opportunity to take the place, okay? Um, but anyway, 29, the people said to each other, who did this? And after axing around and making a careful search, they learned that it was Gideon, the
the son of Joash, okay? All right, verse 30, bring out your son. The men of the town demanded of Joash, he must die for destroying the altar of Baal and for cutting down the Asherah pole. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. They done got a hit out on my man Gideon. You know, he definitely scared now. Verse 31, see, God, I knew I should have asked for one more son. But Joash shouted to the mob that uh, confronted him, why are you defending Baal? Will you argue his case? Okay, so this is, this is dad coming to the rescue. Whoever pleads this, his case will be put to death by morning. If Baal truly is a god, let him defend himself and destroy the one who broke down this altar. 32 says, from then on, Gideon was called Jerubel. Remember I told you that yesterday, uh, last week, which means let Baal defend himself because he broke down Baal's altar. Okay, all right, so they didn't, they didn't got it started now. It's, it's, it's getting going. Um, and I want to remind you, too, that just because you are called does not mean you won't face opposition. In fact, once you are given an assignment and called by God, you can expect opposition. But God also forewarns you because God called him mighty, what? Mighty hero, okay? So that's insight because in all the movies that I didn't see, and in all the real-life situations that I didn't seen, the hero is a hero because he want to fight. Amen? Yeah, so you can't expect to be called mighty hero and think that you're not going to have to go to some type of war or fight. God called you mighty hero, but you're trying to avoid confrontation. God called you mighty hero, but you're not really trying to get gangster with the enemy like you need to. Yeah, God has called you mighty hero, but you're trying to call it truth. No, 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 no. He called you mighty hero because there's a war going on, amen? Whether you know it or not, there's a war going on. There's a spiritual war, and he called you mighty hero because he wants you to see victory in that war, not because there would not be any confrontation, yeah? Amen. We don't serve a God who's non-confrontational. <laughs> Gideon, uh, let's see, verse 33, soon afterward, uh, the armies of Midian uh, Amalek and the people of the east formed an alliance against Israel and crossed the Jordan, camping into the valley of Jezreel. Then the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. Come on, somebody. I love it. I love it. He blew a ram's horn as a call to arms, and the men of the clan of Abizar came to him. 35 says he also sent messengers throughout Manasseh, Asher, Zebulon, and Naphtali, summoning their warriors, and all of them responded. Okay? 36, then Gideon said to God, if you are truly going to use me <laughs> to rescue Israel as you promised, here go Gideon. Prove it to me in this way. I will put a wool fleece on the threshing floor tonight. If the fleece is wet with dew in the morning but the ground is dry, then I will know that you are going to help me rescue Israel as you promised. Um, this is giving me some, if this cup can be passed for me, vibes, Lord, you know, last chance, God. I mean, if I got to, I will, but I'm just trying to make sure. Verse 38, and that is just what happened. When Gideon got up early the next morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung out a whole bowl full of water. I can imagine Gideon saying, well, this is it. This is it. 39, 
Then Gideon said to God, please don't be angry with me, but let me make one more request. Come on, Gideon. God is so patient because I probably would say, all right, Gideon, never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I'm about to give me another mighty warrior. But aren't you glad that God doesn't give up on us? Amen. Uh, let me use the fleece for one more test. This time, let the fleece remain dry while the ground around it is wet with dew. All right, let's, let's, let's work this thing both ways. Verse 40 says, so and that night God did as Gideon asked. The fleece was dry in the morning, but the ground was covered with dew. Okay. All right. Now, uh, let's go to ch chapter 7 real quick. Y'all all right with reading the Bible, right? Amen. Amen. Uh, 30. Sorry. Let's see. Chapter 7, verse 1. <laughs> um, so, Jerubbabel, that is who? Gideon. And his army got up early and went as far as the spring of Herod. The armies of Midian were camped north of them in the valley near the hill of Moreh. Um, the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. Now, now, hold on. Can you imagine? Gideon is already scared to death. Let's just be honest. He didn't ask for more signs than a sign language interpreter at that He had, I mean, he literally, it, he has gone through all of, all, all of this, he's put God through all of this, and he literally is, is fearful. And so he finally got his troops. And you mean to tell me that God is going to say, hold up, you have too many warriors with you? Hold on, God, you, you tripping. I don't think I have enough. He says this, if I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they save themselves by their own strength. Uh-oh, okay, I see what you're doing, God. So you're setting the stage. You're making sure that you get glory. All right? Verse 3, therefore tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain uh, and go home. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right? So check this out, y'all. 22,000 of them jokers went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. Uh-oh, it sounds like, you know, uh, the, these, these tears with the friends, they had to separate some things and say, okay, whoever, whoever's scared, you might as well go home. And that was over a third, over two-thirds of them. Uh, verse 4 says, but the Lord told Gideon, um, there are still too many. Wait, 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 wait. God, did you not see that just 22,000 went home, and I'm only left with 10,000? And you're telling me that there are still too many? He says, bring them down to the spring, and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, God. I will test them. Come on, come on, come on. Some of you are wondering why you got friends dropping left there. I will test them to determine who will go with you. And who will not? Yeah, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yeah, yeah. When Gideon took his warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, divide the men into two groups. In one group, put all those uh, who cup water in their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. In another group, put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. 
Only 300, listen, it don't got to make sense. That's what God said. Only 300 of the men drank from their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. The Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, okay, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. What you don't realize is that in all of the instruction and in all of the obedience that God is requiring of you, he's trying to cut it down to exactly what and who you need to go into your next place. It's all right. I know you're tired of, of following instructions, but I need you to continue to listen to what God is saying. He's up to something, and he's cutting you down to what you need. Amen? He says, send all the others home. So Gideon collected the provisions and ram's horns of the other warriors and sent them home. But he kept the 300 men with him. This is reminding me of David when he had to take off all that gear. Yeah. The Midianite camp was in the valley uh, just below Gideon. That night the Lord said, get up. Go down into the Midianite camp, for I have given you victory over them. But if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura. Listen to what the Midianites are saying, and you will be greatly encouraged. All right? Then you will be eager to attack. So Gideon took Pura and went down to the edge of the enemy camp. The armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east had settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts. Their camels were like grains of sand on the seashore, too many to count. Gideon crept up just as a man was telling his companion about a dream. That man said, I had this dream, and in my dream, a loaf of barley bread came tumbling down into the Midianite camp. It hit a tent, turned it over, and knocked it flat. <laughs> 14, his companion answered, your dream can mean only one thing. God has given Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite, victory over Midian uh, and all its allies. Mm -hmm. Verse 15, when Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship before the Lord. I guess that's the last sign he needed. Then he returned to the Israelite camp and shouted, get up, y'all. Now he got a new energy. Get up, for the Lord has given you victory over the Midianite hordes. He divided the 300 men into three groups and gave each man a ram's horn and a clay jar with a torch in it. Then he said to them, keep your eyes on me. When I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. As soon as I and those with me Blow the ram's horns, blow your horns too, all around the entire camp, and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. It's getting real, it's getting real, he's getting hyped. All right? It was just after midnight, after the changing of the guard, when Gideon and the 100 men with him reached the edge of the Midianite camp. Suddenly, they blew the ram's horns and broke their clay jars. Then all three groups blew their horns and broke their jars. They held the blazing torches in their left hands and the horns in their right hands, and they all shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Each man stood at his position around the camp and watched, y'all, look at this, as the Midianites rushed around in a panic, shouting as they ran to escape. When the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horns, how you, you, a ram's horn in clay jars? 
<laughs> Amen. Blew the ram's horn. The Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Those who were not killed fled to places as far as Beth Shittai near uh, Zerorah and to the border of Abel, uh, Meholah near to Bath. Then Gideon sent for the warriors of uh, Nephtali, Asher, and Manasseh who joined in chasing the army of Gideon. 24, Gideon also sent messengers throughout the hill country of Ephraim saying, come down to attack the Midianites. Cut them off at the shallow crossings of the Jordan River at Bath Barah. Uh, so all the men of Ephraim did as they were told. They captured Oreb and Zeb, the two Midianite commanders, killing Oreb at the Rock of Oreb on your own territory, and Zeb at the wine press of Zeb, and they continued to chase the Midianites. Afterward, the Israelites brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon, who was by the Jordan River. Gideon, mighty warrior, mighty warrior, you have the victory. I will give you victory over the Midianites. Isn't that what God said? And that's exactly what happened. No matter how ill-equipped you feel, no matter how underdeserving or even how unsure, it, no matter any of that, Gideon, is showing us that all you need is a word from God. All you need is obedience to God. And he will do exactly what he said. Can you imagine when they were threatening Gideon's life? Can you imagine when they had that hit out on him how it just seemed so contrary to what God had promised? Some of us are in that place right now where we feel like there's a hit out on us. God, you said this, but whew, I see that. But I'm here to let you know that just like Gideon, if you continue to be obedient, even in the midst of uncertainty, if you continue to be obedient to God and hearken to his voice, even when you're in a place of God, send me a sign. If you continue to be obedient to God, then you too will see the victory that God has promised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, 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 God says it's time to dethrone. Remember, before any of this could really start, it's time to dethrone. It's, it's time to make room. Listen, it's time for the changing of the guards. God is changing desires. Hallelujah. Listen, as you shift and, and as you position desires will change you saw that thing change in that mighty warrior yeah 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 where he went from being scared to to ready god is going to shift he went from not embracing it at all to embracing the assignment to realizing that he indeed was grace for god is shifting your desires in this season and 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 old desires will begin to fall off as you shift and position uh, with god new desires will develop God will literally give you his heart yeah I'm gonna share something with you that I shared with the singles ministry last night on a zoom call singles is it all right if I share thank you amen uh Philippians 2 and 12 in closing 
it says, it says this, it says, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God, yeah, obeying God, that's the key. <laughs> he sees all, he knows all. He's in your yesterday, or he's in your tomorrow, yesterday. He, he's already got it worked out. If you just focus on being obedient, everything else is taken care of. Hallelujah. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear, but that's not even it. This is it, verse 13. For God is working in you. First of all, that's good news. God is working in you, giving you the desire. You know what that means? That means that it's a gift. He's gifting you. He's working in you, and he's gifting you with the desire. And guess what else? Because it's not enough to have the desire. I was telling them, you know, I'm pretty strong, but let's say I wanted to, you know, just lift up a car or something. I might really want to do that. I might really have that desire, but that doesn't mean that I have the power. And so desire and power are two different things. But God says this in verse 13. He says that I'm working in you, giving you the desire and the power. Not only are you going to want to do, start to line up and want to do the things that I've assigned you to and the things that I'm calling you to, not only am I going to shift your desire to go after what's on my heart concerning you, but I'm also giving you the power with it to do exactly what pleases me, says the Lord. Thank you, God. And so when you feel weak and when you feel worn, and when you feel like you are the least uh, in the camp and the least in the tribe and, and when you feel like you can't do it and when you feel like you sometimes don't want to do it, I'm here to tell you that if you go to God, he'll work in you. He'll give you the desire and he'll give you the power. Somebody praise God for power. God, we thank you for your dunamis power. We thank you, Lord, for that burden removing yoke destroying power of God we are the anointed of God we thank you Lord that you have given us power to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt us and nothing shall by any means hurt us it may threaten us but it's not going to hurt us it may make us feel some type of way but in the end it's not going to hurt us it may even scare us a little bit but it's not going to hurt us because with fear and trembling we shall be obedient with fear and trembling we shall move when you say move with fear and trembling we will go when you say go with fear and with trembling we will be obedient and do what thus saith the Lord we thank you that you've given us power the old folks say power to walk right and we're so glad that you give us power power to talk right and you give us power power to live right and you give us power power to do right and oh god we thank you for power we thank you oh god that we don't only have the desire but you've given us the power through the holy spirit oh god we thank you that we would stand up and that we would rise up and take our rightful place that we would stand up oh god and we would rise up and assume our rightful positions mighty warrior god is calling you mighty warrior 
God is looking for you. Mighty warrior, God is beseeching you. Mighty warrior, God is pushing you. wants to give you victory. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory is yours. Victory is yours. Somebody give him a victory shout. Somebody give him a victory shout. He's shifting. He's shifting. He's shifting. Yeah, 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 yeah. We praise you. Come on, let's build an altar. Come on, help me build an altar unto our God. Let's build an altar. Have your way, God. Remove anything that's unlike you. Strip away any idol in our life. Strip away any idols of our mind. Strip away any idols of our heart. God, we come against anything displeasing. Oh, God, we thank you that you would remove Baal. We thank you that you will remove the Asherah pole and that you would make something beautiful out of it. That you would make something that glorifies you out of it. That you would make something that gives you honor out of it. God, we are the potter. You are the clay. Shape and mold us in your own way. And we'll forever thank you. And we'll forever praise you. We'll forever give you glory. We'll forever give you honor. Yes, Lord. My soul says yes. My soul says yes. My soul says yes. Whatever it is you want me to do, I'm your servant, Jesus. I'm your vessel, God. I'll be your voice, God. I'll speak when you say speak. I'll go where you say go. I wish I had somebody in agreement to just shout, yeah! 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. just lift up a hallelujah this hallelujah is a jam-packed hallelujah we're saying hallelujah to your will literally hallelujah to your way hallelujah to your plan hallelujah 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 we say amen. It is so. We agree. It is so. We agree. It is so. It is so. We agree. We agree. It is so. It is so. Amen. 
Beloved, you are graced for the assignment. The batteries, they are included. You don't have to go looking. You don't have to go searching. When God gives you the assignment, when God gives you the call, he also gives you the grace. <laughs> Praise God for grace. Praise God for grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah for grace. Well, it is my prayer that you indeed have been blessed uh, by this series. I mean, hopefully some of us, it ignited a new spark, you know, for some of us, it might have reminded us of some things that will cause us to line back up. For some of us, it might have informed us of some things that will cause us to line up for the first time. But I advise you to stay in line. Stay in line because you too will see victory uh, on the other side of what God has assigned you to. We can learn so much from Gideon. If I were you, I would take a moment and even this week read and, and, and study and get more out of that Bible story. But Gideon was a mighty warrior, as are you. Gideon was a mighty warrior. That means he had to fight. But that means also that he was going to win. Yeah. Aren't you so glad about it that even though you have to fight, <laughs> that you're going to win. Stay with God. You're going to win. You're going to win. Those of you who are fighting, some of you find yourself in the fight of your life right now. I'm here to tell you, you are a mighty warrior. You must fight, but you also must win. Yes, God. And so if you're here watching and you don't know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, we want to take this moment to invite you to be a part of the family of God. Don't you want to be on his team? Don't you not only want to be a creation of God, but you want to be a child of God? You want him to call you his son or his daughter, and he wants to. And so that's why he sent his son Jesus, who hung, bled, and died so that we might have a life and life more abundantly. And so if you're here and you're saying, I, I, I want that, I want to be saved, I want to be a child of God, um, God wants that for you. And he says in his word that all you have to do is confess with your mouth. That means you have to say something, but you can't just say it. You have to actually really believe it in your heart. And if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. Amen. And so if you're here and you're saying, I need to make sure that I'm in that boat. I need to make sure that I'm the saved of God. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Uh, you can repeat after me. Dear Jesus, 
I know I am a sinner and need your forgiveness. I believe you died in my place and rose from the grave to make me new and to prepare me to live in your presence forever. Jesus, come into my life. Take control of my life. Forgive my sins and save me. I place my trust in you alone for my salvation and I accept your free gift of eternal life. I am saved in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you now are a believer, I want you to go ahead and type um, that I'm saved. Uh, because salvation is the first step uh, to a life of discipleship, and we want to help disciple you. Um, and so, therefore, we also want to give the opportunity for you or for anybody else watching uh, who wants to become a part of our church family. God desires for us to not do it alone. He desires for us to uh, not forsake the gathering, he calls it, of the believers. And so you need a place to call home. Even now, during this pandemic, you need covering. You need uh, spiritual leadership. You need a pastor. You need brothers and sisters uh, to do this thing with. And so if that's you and you want to join our Wapsie family, go ahead and just type, I'm part of the family. And we will know um, that you are joining us in partnership and we will reach out accordingly. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but I have been blessed. I have been truly blessed. We would like to say to um, the mothers, uh, the mothers of Wapsie and the women of Wapsie, um, you already know that we have something for you today. So right after uh, we, you know, dismiss, we would like for you to pull up. Somebody say pull up, pull up so we can give to you what it is that we would like to be a blessing. The men of Wapsie, Bishop, myself, and the mighty men of Wapsie have something for you. Um, so if you have submitted um, an RSVP of sorts to receive that thing, please come and get it. We're going to be outside uh, waiting in our masks. Make sure you have on yours and make sure you don't get out the car. Just, just pull up. We got you from there. Amen. Amen. Well, bless God. Can we give God praise for what he's done? Yes, Lord. He's so good. He's so great. He's so worthy to be praised. This week, I think we need to tell him where we're at. So come on up, King David and the praise team. This is the WAP. Thank you for watching. This has been the word, the worship, the WAP. Amen. <laughs>